0: The text that you are about to hear is by Charles Lavois. To find out more about this Canadian author and his previous books, visit www.charlesolevois.com. This episode is from Goodbye Philippines, a collection of short stories. The book are a fictional construction of exchanges between the author and people living in the Philippines, overseas workers and Filipino expats. Goodbye Philippines, a podcast collection of short stories by Charles O. Levois. Through Facebook conversations, George, the narrator of Goodbye Philippines, gets glimpses of Filipino lives in the Philippines and among expatriates and overseas foreign workers. As he discovers the sufferings of the younger generation, he is often reminded of the disparity between the deprivations and emotional angst of his youth. On one trip to the Philippines, he is hospitalized in delirium and dependent on local care until he is well enough to fly home. On his return, he shuts everyone out, including Lando, the youth in the Philippines whose college education he paid for. After a long silence, his protégé reaches out and the two briefly reunite online. The bond between them is poignant and Lando's longing for a father substitute is palpable. Will George choose to pull away? Read by Warren Carey, and music by Angelico Dayo, executive producer, Charles O. Lavoie. Chapter 2. Dirty Curiosity George had always been searching for the why, and the why not. More than once throughout his life, he wished he had a smooth and peaceful soul, like the one Augustina Mendoza received. The day she was born. Augustina's profile photo on Facebook showed a woman in her late 50s, glowing, like those waxed saints displayed under glass in some Catholic churches. For having seen her in action more than once during one of his regular visits to the Philippines, George knew that Augustina went to wherever there would be gossiping and food. She attended baptisms, first communions, talked, and laughed loudly and always returned home carrying doggy bags for her husband. On Facebook, Augustina shared her religious values and convictions. One day, she shared, Psalm 91. Please finish reading before you do anything else right now. My name is God. I need you to spend 30 minutes of your time with me today. I want this message across the world before midnight. I'll help you with something that you are in need of. A blessing is coming your way. Drop everything and pass it on. Another day, as a comment to a cartoonish illustration of the Flintstones, the woman wrote, My greatest treasure is, was, and will always be, my family. Unlike others, the happy woman never posted on her timeline something bad or negative, or related to politics. Under a picture showing bundles of 500 pesos bills, she invited viewers to type yes and share to claim these blessings. She followed with, Life is hard, but God provides. Life is unpredictable, but God provides. Life is always a challenge, but God sustains. Every year in the month of January, the residents of Abarangay, or urban neighborhood, are expected to open their houses to everyone. On that Sunday, following others, George went to Augustina's house. This is where he met her husband Ninoy. As soon as George entered the house, he noticed, hanging on the walls, several pictures of Mary the Mother of God, wearing gowns and veils of different styles and colors. On a roughly built bookshelf, there was a display of figurines of Mary, too some made of wood and others of shiny resin with, in the middle, was standing a two-foot-tall statue of a pink-cheeked infant Jesus, Santo Nino, with a rosary around his neck. Stroking with his right hand the curly blond hair of Jesus and looking directly to his visitor, Nino delivered a eulogy of the sanctity of the marriage, that is, the union of a man and a woman. The man had a peaceful soul like a rice field under a hot day of March, George thought. Augustina would certainly have agreed. She had recently posted, My greatest treasure is, was, and will always be, my family. In the seventies, when ecstasy was the way of living and being in North America, George became a pagan, i.e., a devotee without a creed and a script to follow. With the advent of social media, orphans throughout the world found a refuge and a family. The day George saw on a Facebook group what sounded like a cry for help from Shalinka Gunarothni, he contacted the guy privately. Do you want to chat? He wrote. Several days later, a response came in. Hi. Where are you from? George asked. Sri Lanka do you want to talk? I am in serious trouble. Why? A university graduate, the 31-year-old guy, had been in a relationship with someone his age until the boyfriend's mother threatened to kill herself if her son didn't marry a girl. What's your parents' reaction? George asked. They told go away from them. Where are you now? Colombo in a boarding place. You are working? I don't know what happened next day. My boss also rejected me. Is homosexuality a crime in Sri Lanka?" Seconds later, George received the following, which he assumed had been downloaded from the internet. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender LGBT persons in Sri Lanka may face legal challenges not experienced by non-LGBT residents. It remains a taboo subject, and they are often associated with pedophiles due to several scandals and anti-gay groups brand all lesbian, bisexual, transgendered persons as perverts and criminals." A second message came in. I'm worried about myself. Why? A series of misspelled messages started appearing on George's screen. "'My boyfriend reject me. He told he can't love to me and go away. He need his mother.' Every day thinking how can I buy cheppest food for eat. What is the meaning of this life? Why I came to this world?' "'Why do you think I write?' George quickly typed, angry at himself for being out of touch. He deleted everything. He then wrote, You have a job in Colombo, right? I told you my boss reject me. Some lovers suicide. They can't doing anything. Yesterday, two lesbian also suicide there for their family rejection. Y- you don't have problem like me. The messages stopped coming in. To fill the void, George typed, You and I are in the same boat. Not same boat. You sky. Me like earth. Notwithstanding the Sri Lankans uncertain use of the English language, the intent was totally clear and the words were irrelevant. In an effort to stop the flood from coming in, George typed. I was young and gay and poor. I survived. I didn't got your point. George suddenly saw his clumsy attempt to connect with a person whose life situation was the extreme opposite of his own as an insult. He was spitting in the face of a human who was looking up at him from the bottom of a well. Because in this moment I reject from every side nobody love to me. I want love. At a loss with words, George typed, "'Good night. "'This night not good to me. "'This climate not good to me. "'This day is not good to me. "'Bye, dear. "'If I'm not come back. "'Where are you going?' George asked. "'He was ready to log out. "'Maybe happening some bad thing for me. "'Maybe accident in the road. "'What had started as a thrilling intellectual exercise?' Isn't that what a Facebook chat is supposed to be? Was going off the rails. Someone was suffering and there was nothing he could do. George quickly typed, I am thinking of you. Don't tell lies. If you love, take me in your home. I can share my life with you. I can look after you. I can doing agriculture thing with you. Everything. Sex. Feeling guilty for his peaceful and comfortable here instead of a there that looked like a miserable place, George logged out, defeated. When the global media reported a terrorist attack in Sri Lanka and the killing of hundreds on Easter Sunday, George immediately thought of Shalinka. He messaged him, are you okay? The attack, is it close to where you live? A reply came in a few days later, close to me, Colombo. Now we are in risks. Risk, risk. A- about our life. In order to interrupt the flow, George asked, because you are Christians? A response immediately came in. As a citizen of Sri Lanka, I asked many times, please get me your country. You not concern my word. Now you happy? In his book, The Divine Comedy, the Italian writer Dante relates his journey in the kingdom of the dead. Going through the various labyrinths of hell, He can't take his eyes off their tormented faces, curious about the reason for their suffering. His guide, the poet Virgil, rebukes him for his dirty curiosity and tells him to keep walking. George took Virgil's harsh words as a personal reprimand. Silently, he logged out. What dost thou still gaze at? Why is thy sight still riveted down there among the mournful mutilated shades? The Divine Comedy Inferno Canto 59 Thank you for listening to this chapter of Goodbye Philippines. Here are some questions from the author and here are some thoughts to ponder. 1. What defines best the Philippines' Religion or family? Two. Can religion bring happiness or is it an obstacle to an individual's needs and wishes? Three. Are you interested in what's happening in other parts of the world? Asia? America? Say why. We'd love to hear from you. To share your thoughts and your answers to the questions, email charlesolevois at gmail.com. Want to receive updates about future episodes of Goodbye Philippines? Don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Also, feel free to share the link to this episode with your friends and on social media. If you love Goodbye Philippines, check out www.charlesolevois.com for info on Charles's other published works, a link is provided in the description. Until next time.